With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the BadgerBlitz.com podcast on location tonight from the Kohl Center in Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome in. I'm Benjamin Wargel, the Wisconsin men's basketball beat writer for Rivals.com. We're going to recap tonight. 10th ranked Wisconsin 74-62 defeat to number 15 Ohio State. You're going to hear from seniors Aline Ford and Nate Reavers come up here in a couple minutes. Also, we'll play back the post-game conversation with head coach Greg Gard. Wisconsin, in this game tonight, you, you look at the themes of this game. It's following a very similar pattern with what the Badgers have been this year. And it, it's hard to get nervous about Wisconsin. It's hard to write a team off, especially after what Wisconsin did last year, where they looked so lost the first half of the Big Ten season, and then the last half went 9-1 and one with an eight-game winning streak to end the year to clinch a share of the Big Ten title. They needed every one of those games, and you know Wisconsin's in a, in a good spot right now as we talk on Saturday night. They're two games back of first place in the Big Ten as we approach the halfway point. They're in third place. Uh, They have played fairly well. But the themes this year with Wisconsin are the Badgers have all this talent and yet still struggle to lock in on the key core fundamentals of this team. And like I was saying before, you don't want to write anyone off because of what Wisconsin did last year with that 10-game streak. But this Wisconsin team just has not been able to really consistently flip that switch into domination mode, where you would think they would have all the pieces to do that. Now, granted, the Big Ten is really good this year. Anyone can beat anyone on any given night anywhere. We've seen that just this weekend, where Penn State, who came into the week winless, won a pair of games, where Indiana goes into Iowa and wins in Iowa. We saw that tonight before Wisconsin lost at home to Ohio State. Maryland went into Minnesota and won in Minneapolis. Maryland has only three Big Ten wins, and they're at Wisconsin, at Illinois, and at Minnesota. Three ranked teams, and Wisconsin plays Maryland here coming up on Wednesday. So there's plenty of time for Wisconsin to make up ground. But when Wisconsin plays the way that they do, on on Saturday tonight and when they play like they have in other games this year against a Maryland against a Michigan against an Indiana which they pulled out in double overtime it makes you scratch your head as to wonder why these things keep happening to Wisconsin this game 74-62 Wisconsin never led the at all after it was 6-3 to three Ohio State, Ohio State made a bucket. Wisconsin wasn't within two possessions, or Wisconsin never got the lead back to one possession for Ohio State. The final 36 minutes of this game, Wisconsin had four players in double figures. It's the first time they've lost this season with four players scoring in double figures because the Badgers were terrible from three-point range, 7 of 28. You look at Ohio State, they were 50.9% from the floor. 27 to 53, and they establish 
a rhythm early. And it's not like Ohio State set the world on fire from three-point range. They were just five of 16. It's not like either Ohio State scored a ton of points in the low post, which has been a problem for Wisconsin this year. Of of Ohio State's 74 points, 24 came in the paint. It was the mid-range game that Ohio State just killed Wisconsin on. And a lot were some tough shots. Ohio State hit some tough shots early, and that kind of carried through throughout the game. You're going to hear that here from Aline Ford in just a minute. Ohio State had seven players score at least eight points. Seven players score at least eight points. Probably E.J. Lydell with 20. Uh, 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 Towns had 10, and then the rest all had nine eight. Seth Towns, excuse me, had 10. You look at the shots that Wisconsin took. They weren't bad three-point shots. If you rewatch the game, and I'm gonna going to when I get home here, a lot of three-point looks Wisconsin had were wide open, and they just did not hit them. Wisconsin had so many opportunities to turn this game over, and they just couldn't do it. Wisconsin trailed by 13 points, double digits, for the majority of the second half. That was just a huge kind of hole for them to climb out of. And when you're going against Ohio State, who came into the game tonight fifth nationally uh, in KenPom.com in offensive efficiency, 117.7 points per 100 possessions. This is not a team that you want to be going uphill against. And to put that number in perspective, Michigan ranks seventh in the country in offensive efficiency at just a point per uh, point less than Ohio State does. They're 116.7, Michigan is. And Michigan shot almost 52% and averaged 1.262 points per possessions in a 24-point win against Wisconsin earlier this month. It just felt like Wisconsin did not play Wisconsin basketball. They seemed like they couldn't really find an identity for themselves on either end of the floor. We'll start with the defense. I said they, they couldn't just develop themselves defensively. They try to, it looked like they try to run Ohio State off the three-point line a little bit. But that, Aline Ford is going to tell you that wasn't necessarily the case. It's just kind of how it happens. And the Buckeyes just consistently got inside, got the looks that they wanted, and hit some shots. And they just built this, this big, hefty lead. And in the second half, Wisconsin did establish a consistent defensive presence where Ohio State did not have more than consecutive empty possessions until about the halfway point in the second half. Every time Wisconsin tried to dig itself out of the hole, they would come down defensively and Ohio State would score a bucket. The Buckeyes started 9 for 13 in the second half against Wisconsin. And multiple times, Wisconsin tried to get back in this game. They, they, as soon as they started attacking the paint, they scored 12 points in the lane over an eight-possession stretch with some three free throws thrown in there. They didn't shoot any three-point shots. They had one, excuse me, Micah Potter did. And they were able to cut that lead to six. Then the Badgers went uh, dormant for four minutes, and then the lead grew back to double digits. Aline Ford started hitting some three-pointers and got the lead back down to four. And then he missed a wide-open three-pointer from the exact same spot he hit one earlier. They were to cut the lead to one with 4.02 left, and Ohio State then push the lead right back up to double digits. It was just Wisconsin could not establish enough defensive, I don't want to say intensity, just they couldn't really enforce their will 
on Ohio State in this game. And you look at some of the past games for Wisconsin. I mentioned trends where against Marquette, Wisconsin just lacked defensive fundamentals. You remember the the, the last play of the game where uh, Demetri Trice fouled uh, DJ Carton, sent to the line. Carton made the first, then box out on the second, and they get a tip in at the buzzer. You look at the game against Maryland where Wisconsin's defense was so leaky in the second half where Maryland just took over the game, uh, where, where Maryland was able to get inside the low post. They went 18 for 20 on layups and dunks. I think it was 1.44 points per possession Maryland averaged in the second half of that game. Again, just not establishing that defensive intensity. The game against Michigan was just the post-defense showed how they just could not, Wisconsin could not establish themselves against a really efficient offensive team. Michigan scored six of his first eight points in the game in the paint. Simple cuts to the rim, getting turned around on ball screens. This game, it was just Ohio State getting inside and just finding ways to effectively score on their possessions. They got to the free throw line a lot. Ohio State scores about 23% of their points from the three from the free throw line in this game. The Buckeyes 15 for 18 from the line, 11 for 12 in the second half, juxtaposed to Wisconsin, who just went 9 of 15 from the line. Here's Aline Ford talking to us here just a little bit ago about the inability of Wisconsin to establish themselves defensively in the opening opening minutes of the first half. We let them establish themselves early, and they got very comfortable in the first half, those first, I'll say, 10 possessions, and that relayed throughout the rest of the game, and then uh, the first half, I felt like we were getting a lot of good looks. We weren't making them, but we uh, needed to be more aggressive towards the basket, like you said, and we didn't do that until late. So, I mean, just the start of the game, establishing ourselves in, in the paint and then also on the defensive end. How difficult is that um, when you do have open shots, it's not like you're going to pass them up, and yet when they're not falling, you need to do something else. I just, it's kind of a balance there. I'm curious, what what's that like out there? Um. You, know, you kind of know when you have a good look and if your your shot is feeling really well to, to knock them down and also to keep shooting and just having that mindset to keep shooting when you have an open look or if there's a one more pass where you can attack. So just finding that balance and then trying to get yourself uh, self-involved in other aspects of the game, whether it's crashing the glass or getting the stop on the defensive end. Believe it looked like there were a lot of times you ran those guys off the three-point line, but they hit tough twos. Is that the game plan to keep them from getting open threes? Uh, not necessarily to that extent of uh, going for pump fakes, but uh, we just needed to be more disciplined and be there on the catch, but still force them into tough twos. Uh, we got a little undisciplined there, and uh, that's something that we know we should have fixed, really. This team, it's been about four or five games where the offense has struggled to find consistency. What do you think's going into that? Um... I'd say settling uh, early in the game. Uh, the games where we do shoot well on the in the perimeter is when we pound it inside uh, early and often and uh, get into the free throw line and then playing inside out. And the games where we struggle, we settle for those trees early and uh, we just need to do a better job of pounding it inside. There were a couple times in the second half where you guys got back within striking distance but then couldn't get a stop at the other end. How frustrating was that to get close and then, you know, Give us something on the other end of the court. Um, yeah, it was frustrating, but uh, I felt like, like I kind of harped on earlier, that kind of starts in the first half when we let them get comfortable. 
And then in the second half, that's when they uh, feel, feel more comfortable hitting tough shots, tough twos. And that started off early in the game. So when it's time to come down and get a stop, they uh, kind of have that rhythm going and, and have that mindset of that they can get those shots off. I mean, how would you assess how the defense played overall? Did you feel like you guys contested enough shots and it was more something on the offensive end? Or? Um, I just say we got a little undisciplined at times. And like kind of like I said a few times now, they got comf- way too comfortable in the beginning of the game to where we kind of did lock in on that end. They already had that confidence and that mindset that they can uh, make plays happen and get good looks or even tough looks that they can knock them down. So uh, even when we did try to pick it up on that defensive end, it was kind of too late to say, I mean, to kind of uh, negate that momentum that they already had going for themselves. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That there, Aline Ford talking here just a little bit ago, and you know he mentions a lot of really in, important things here. That you know, this the inability to establish themselves early in the game took away from what Wisconsin wanted to do the rest of the game, and how Ohio State got that momentum and it carried them through for really the final 35 minutes when they had enjoyed a two possession lead at least. Uh, you look at the rhythm that teams have been able to get into against Wisconsin. Maryland did it. Indiana did it for a long stretch. Certainly this game, and then Michigan. It's a theme for Wisconsin that this team with all these seniors on it has not been able to get teams out of rhythm, and these sustained runs have happened, and they have been detrimental to Wisconsin. The hole, like I said, that Wisconsin dug itself out, that couldn't dig itself out tonight, was in part because of the three-point shooting, and why Wisconsin averaged about 0.939 points per possession. But it was the defense. The defense was not able to spark the offense in this game. Wisconsin had opportunities. You know, 12 fast break points. They scored 16 points off 11 turnovers. They were able to do some things well, but too many players missed so many open shots. Demetri Trice had a very weird night. 12 points on 8 shots. Had eight assists to just two turnovers and four rebounds, but two of five from three-point range. Aline Ford had those three big three-pointers, but you take those away, and his night is very pedestrian. He led Wisconsin with 13 points, but he was four of ten from the floor, four of eight from three. Tyler Wall, who had been playing so well as of late, was a non-factor in this game because of foul trouble. He picked up two fouls quickly. Uh, with I think 3:45 into the game, it had to sit, and then the start the third uh, start the second period picks up his third, 45 seconds in, it has to sit. Only plays 17 minutes, scores four points. Micah Potter, who was formerly on the Ohio State's team, he was four of nine, but missed all four of his three point shots. Brad Davison, poor Brad Davison, continues to scuffle a little bit with his shot. He hits a three pointer early that is waved off because it is deemed by Boborowski, the official, that Davison kicked out his right leg to draw contact and therefore was given an offensive foul. Davison had more shots 
as many shots wiped away that he made than shots that he actually made. Davidson was one of seven, one of six from three-point range. He has many fouls as he did points in this game. Uh, Jonathan Davis, who played, like I said, so well against uh, Northwestern, uh, you know, five points, two of six, five rebounds. He had some foul trouble too. Trevor Harrison had to step in and play some uh, extended minutes, for, uh, had 12 points. So, but the one nice thing about this game is Nate Reavers. Nate Reavers, who has lost his starting spot to Tyler Wall, had to play quite a bit in this game because of Wall's absence and played well at 11 points, 5 of 9 shooting, 3 rebounds. Uh, he had a block in this game. He finished plus 7 uh, and plus or minus in his 20 minutes on the court. That was the best plus minus on the entire team. You look at his first half, did some really good things with six points. He was able to get in the lane, hit some jump shots. In the second half, he did some really good things with his ability to uh, deliver a, a three-point play when he went hard to the rim and fought through contact. Hit a jumper from just inside the arc on the next possession. Had some really good defense on, on Lytle and Kyle Young, who took Wisconsin to task a little bit. And this is going to be critical for Wisconsin as the Badgers move into the second half of Big Ten play to get that type of contribution back from Nate Reavers, to get the old Nate Reavers back. That's going to make this team better. It's going to make them better defensively. Because remember, in that Indiana game, when things weren't going well, Wisconsin's uh, great guard put Reavers in, really that final six minutes of the second half, and then all throughout overtime because he's one of Wisconsin's best defenders. But the problem with Reavers has been of late is he's been an offensive liability. That wasn't the case, and part of it was he's been practicing better. Here's Nate Reavers talking to us just a couple minutes ago. Yeah, Nate, uh, I'm just curious, what did Greg talk to you guys about in the locker room about the problems that led to the loss today? Um, I mean, I think one of the main things, you know, they got comfortable right away and some, I mean, they're tough shots. They're hitting some tough twos and whatnot. Um, but when they get those, they get going. Then, you know, everything starts falling for them. And, you know, we're, if we're going to win these games, we got to we gotta lock them up defensively. And that's, they just got too comfortable. And that's kind of how they got rolling. You look at 7 of 28 from three-point range. Um, what does that say to you? Do you feel overall that the shots were there and they were good shots or, or not? I, I mean, I thought so. Um, you know, they wiped out one of Brad's threes, too, on that offensive foul, whatever they called. Um, I was over three. I think Mike goes over four, and some other guys were, you know, until Aleem really got going there, we weren't really hitting anything from three. So, I mean, you can't rely on that, but it's obviously tough when you're not hitting, you know, good looks. Uh, Nate, as, as, frust as uh, inconsistent as the offense has been maybe over the last four or five games, including, including tonight, um, is that becoming a source of frustration for the team? Well, I think one of the things we really need to go on this team is win three games in a row here. And we've, you know, we've won two and then we lost every time this season. We want to find a way to get, you know, three in a row going and get on a win streak. And I mean, yeah, obviously it's frustrating when you only you put two games together and then you don't play as well as you have been on that next one. So we got to find a way to get rolling here as we hit down the stretch if we want to, you know, accomplish some of the goals we set for this season. Well, you got it down to four on those three, four, three-pointers, and it looked like y'all had the momentum, and then it seemed y'all were really struggling to execute on offense for the next few minutes. Just what went wrong there after you were able to cut the lead down to four late in the game? Uh, 
think we had some turnovers there too. And you know, after we're getting those shots, we're feeling good. We're just saying we need to get stops, get stops, and um, yeah, it just kind of got got away from us there. It looked like you got a little comfortable personally in the Northwestern game, and you look more comfortable today. I know you guys lost, but do you hope this is something you can build on individually moving forward, what you did today? Yeah, I mean, I coaches have talked to me about that too. This, you know, this they're saying this team needs me and needs me to, you know, play at a high level to, you know, really help us out and win some of these games. So uh, it's been a, you know, tough year, obviously, uh, personally, and just want to keep, start, you know, playing harder, playing more energy for this team because, you know, we're going to need everyone here down this stretch to start winning some of these games, especially um, as we start playing some of the teams we haven't played. What makes Liddell such a tough matchup? I mean, he's he was hitting a lot of those, you know, jumpers, those twos, you know, we call them tough twos, those shots, you know, you really want to force the defense to hit, but he's, he's really comfortable hitting those. And, uh, you know, he just he plays really hard and he's able to get position and whatnot. So, um, and if we if we get him again, we got to really stop him from getting comfortable early because he hit those two, you know, jumpers and then just kind of got going after that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Again, you're listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Benjamin Borgel here at the Kohl Center, uh, recapping the 74-62 uh, victory for number 15, Ohio State, over number 10, Wisconsin. Let's take you uh, to head coach Greg Garnell, who just got done speaking to the media. Credit goes to Ohio State. Uh, I thought they put us in position, especially early, uh, put us on our heels from a, what they were doing to us offensively, and we never, um, you know, we never set the tone defensively for how we have been and and who we need to be. And that's credit to them. You know, they had some tough shots early, but we also gave them some some easier ones. Um, you know, and that that gave them the confidence, and they played off that pretty much the whole game. And we were able to claw back, obviously, to get it to within four. Um, but then again, they hit a couple tough shots and um, were able to seal seal it up. So we'll look at the film and uh, dissect things out and uh, prove from it and uh, get ready for in the road next week. Greg, you mentioned that, setting the tone defensively. What about on the other end of the court? There were a lot of threes. I know you guys can shoot well from three, but did you attack the lane enough for your liking that, especially in that first half early? Not enough, no, Jeff. Um, although I thought some of the, the vast majority of the threes we had were really good looks. Man, we had some wide open ones, um, other than two or three that come to mind initially. I'll, I'll look through and go back through those. But yeah, we talked about touching the paint a lot. Um, I thought when we did do it, we had a lot of good things happen. Um, but again, we did have some some extremely good looks that that we have to take at that at that point in time. So um, you know we'll look and see if we could go in the paint more which I know we can but also at the point in time with how this team shoots it and how this team is built um, you know we have to take advantage of those threes when the good ones present themselves and we had we had plenty of good ones early uh, Greg your offense has been pretty inconsistent the last four or five games do you think these guys are pressing a little bit 
No, no. I think the the main focus we've been good has been what we've done on the defensive end, and I don't think we were at the same level defensively uh, today that we had been um, in the last, specifically the last couple games. Um, and obviously, that's a credit to Ohio State. They're obviously they're um, built a little bit different um, in terms of the weapons they can put on the floor, and obviously their efficiency numbers prove that out. Um, so they put you in a lot of, you know, they have a lot of scores on the floor and put you in a lot of different positions where it causes helper recovery decisions. And we had a lot of busts too in the in the on the defensive end, um, some mistakes that ended up being we got caught in scramble mode and we're we're stepped behind the play the whole time because of the initial miscue. Um, so we had to look at those and clean those things up. Um, but this group, when they're at their best, they're focused on the defensive end. And let the offense come to them, not the other way around. When we when we get focused the other way around, uh, we're not as good as we we can be. It's our, our best has always been when we're locked in defensively. You're talking yesterday about how Ohio State doesn't rely on the intermediate shots very often. Today they hit a quite a few of those. I mean, is that something you live with, or or could you have done a better job? Well, I mean, if you look analytically, yeah, you're saying you force a lot of those and you can't survive 40 minutes. But I think what those intermediate ones did, we had some mistakes. We left our feet at times and maybe they made the look a little easier than it should have been. Um, and I know we were cognizant of Towns trying to run him off the line. Um, and, and he was a main, you know, deliverer of some of those in the first half specifically. But um, you know, you're trying to force intermediate twos. Um, you know, they, they obviously shot it really well. They've shot it well. You know, they've they've. this is not the first time they've done that. So, um, like I said, with the, the amount of shooters they have on the floor and, and the positions they put you in with, with Lydell in the post and him coming out and shooting, I thought really got him going early too. I mean, he's shooting 18-foot jump shots. Um, one of the three was a tougher shot with, with Potter right in his face. But that those go in, and, and then the confidence grows from there when, when they see those – those uh, shots go in then the basket sometimes gets as big as the ocean so um, we'll look at the film and see how we could have you know could we have rushed it a little bit more um, could we have helped from some other areas and again I know there are several mistakes that caused some of those looks to happen that we had breakdowns you know three passes before it that, that caused us to be in a scramble mode so um, by and large you typically like to, to force those intermediate twos as much as possible Jim just wonder, you got it down to, I think, four points on those three threes, and then it seemed the execution on offense kind of struggled the next few minutes. Just what went wrong there? It looked like y'all just grabbed the momentum there late in the game, and they were able to put it away instead. Just yeah, what went wrong well, right behind that, Steve, the, the next possession, we wide open three again. Ford had just hit two of them, I think, and we had another one that was as clean as you're going to look get. Um, so, you know, we, we had to get stops on the other end. You know, that was the other thing, too. We got it to four, and then we're able to, you know, I'd have to look through the possessions again on film, but to the exact sequence. But um, Walker hits a tough shot in the paint. I think Washington got in the post and, and finished over over Davison. Um, so that, that obviously, when it went back to four to six to eight, um, then it puts you in a, in a press mode a little bit more. Greg, I, I know you. When you were asked about Reavers the other day, you said he's more concerned about winning, you know, the team. But do you think he took another step today to, to being the player you need him to be? He did. I thought he. I thought he played better, you know, and he's practiced better, Jeff. And I think that's the key. That's the start. Um, you know, players never practice poorly and then come into a game and play well. It's usually handles. It, it takes place the other way. They 
they practice better and practice more consistently, and he's done that. So for him to you know take this step forward today, I think is a good sign for us because we need him to continue to take steps forward and get back to you know the the Nate Reavers he can be. But um, that was that was cognizant of what I've seen in practice or, or comparable to what I've seen in, in practice the last day or two. That call on Brad early is not one you see very often. I'm just curious if you got any sort of explanation. And do you think that affected him the rest of the way at all? Well, it was big because, you know, they had gotten off to a hot start and we hit a three in transition. I'll have to look at the film. You know, uh, the official explained what he what he saw and what he called. Uh, obviously, I, I didn't see it um, in terms of happened live. So um, it was obviously big because it took away a three and a and ended up being a foul on Brad. So in the moment, that that's a big play. But, um, you know, I'll look at the film and, and see if, you know, he really did stick his leg out or what how it all happened. Um, he must have. Uh, hopefully he wouldn't call it if, he, if it didn't happen. Greg, you just mentioned a couple questions ago about getting into press mode there at the end. Obviously, there are only so many situations that you actually get to do that in the regular season. I was curious just what your reaction was to how you guys played in that stretch a couple turnovers. Yeah, well, what I meant with press mode was repressing offensively in terms of having to score her in a hurry. And sometimes when you have to do that, you have to take some questionable shots. But to answer your question, Josh, in terms of the press, you know, we, we haven't done it a lot because we haven't needed to. Um, but I, I thought we scrambled it up. I, I'll have to look again at the film. Uh, they said they got the ball over on the 10-second call with a tenth of a second to spare. That was the explanation we got. Um, you know, I'll have to look at the film and see. Uh, they obviously went to the DVR sport and looked at the replay. Um, but I thought we, you know, for for the moment we were in, we caused some some chaos, which is what you want to do. You got to get some scrambling. We got a couple turnovers with it. Um, you know, we'd like to convert and, and attack the paint. And then we got to the um, got to the free throw line there a little bit with Johnny. But uh, you hope to not have to be in those positions. But I thought, given the fact that we were able to had to scramble it up a little bit, the guys did a good job of making it making it hard on Ohio State to, to get it in and, and make it a little frantic when we had to. Those are the comments from head coach Greg Gar just a couple minutes ago. And, and really tonight just comes down to Wisconsin couldn't pick a way it wanted to attack Ohio State offensively. You look at the first half where Wisconsin, of their 27 shots, 15 came from the perimeter. Okay, you know, you can't, as you heard Gard say, you can't pass up those open looks. But when you only make three... And a lot of times there wasn't a lot of post touches involved here. It's, it's hindsight's always twenty twenty, and Wisconsin is a better team when they touch the post to establish things inside and then work out from there. You saw that in the second half when Wisconsin went on that stretch with Trevor Anderson attacking the lane, Micah Potter gained looks inside. Uh, Wisconsin has the ability to attack the rim. These veteran players have the ability to attack the rim. And it just feels at times Wisconsin gets too jump shot happy. Yes, those looks are there. Yes, they're open. Yes, you should probably take them. But you also need to be able to establish yourself inside. And I thought at times when things were not going well from the perimeter, Wisconsin would force the ball into the post when that intended target was being swarmed. So you know, Wisconsin's built to shoot the three-point shot. That's not a secret. Five of their top eight scorers are shooting, were shooting over 40% from three. But the offense has struggled to find that consistency at times this year in the losses that I've mentioned. 
And the common theme is that Wisconsin gets too jump shot happy. So can Wisconsin get back to playing balanced basketball? 28 three-pointers doesn't seem like a lot in a game that you lose by 12 because you have to kind of shoot your way back into it. But Wisconsin shot 15 threes in the first half. Okay? They were 3 of 15 from three-point range in the first half. That's a lot of threes for Wisconsin to be taking in that situation. It wasn't like the game was getting out of hand either. Wisconsin was very fortunate to be trailing only by seven at halftime. But Wisconsin needs to be able to work from the inside out. They need to be more physical too. Uh, Wisconsin has a lot of guys who like to shoot the ball but don't really necessarily like to get contact. You know, Dimitri Trice is one of those players who's been playing exceptionally well, but one of the knocks on Trice is that he doesn't hunt out contact very often. He's more of an open jump shooter and a facilitator. It's worked for him. Certainly, it's worked for him over the last several games. But in situations like this, you like to see Trice take the ball and drive. He did that on his very first shot attempt of the game with about 521 left in the first half. I wrote about this on the website. It was really the first time a guard put his head down and attacked. And he was rewarded for it. He had a high finish off the glass and kind of got him going a little bit. Wisconsin needs more of that. They need to see Brad Davison do that a little bit more. Johnny Davis does that. Jonathan Davis, I should say, does that very well. Trevor Anderson does that very well. Need to see more of that from Trice and some of the other players. Aleem Ford did that exceptionally well against Northwestern with a pump fake and then driving to the rim. Didn't see that against Ohio State. Of his 10 shots, 8 were from 3-point range. You know, defensively too, Wisconsin just has to be better defensively. Uh, and it's it it's weird saying that because Wisconsin is statistically one of the best defensive teams in the country. But when they're on, they are one of the best defensive teams in the country. When they're off, like they have been in some of these Big Ten games, it's pretty ugly. Uh, and the fact that Wisconsin could never really get Ohio State out of a comfort zone is one of the main reasons why Wisconsin lost here tonight. Uh, the, other, the other big thing here, too, is that you know, Wisconsin's going to get a little bit of time off here. Uh, they're going to get Sunday, they're going to get Monday, then they're going to fly out Tuesday for Maryland. The game was originally supposed to be Penn State on Wednesday, Maryland on Saturday. Uh, the Big Ten switched those two around, so now Wisconsin will play Maryland uh, Wednesday and then Penn State in back-to-back games coming up here. This would be a good test for Wisconsin because Maryland embarrassed Wisconsin in the second half of the game here in Madison, which was kind of that wake-up call. We saw Wisconsin beat Michigan State on Christmas. We thought, okay, Wisconsin's arrived. They are probably now going to be right up there with the Big Ten front runners, maybe top five nationally coming up here. And then they had the clunker against the Terrapins. And Maryland has shown that they can beat uh, some good teams. They're not just a victory over Wisconsin, but Illinois then really just handling Minnesota in the barn, too. This is going to be an important game for Wisconsin because more likely than not, I don't know this for sure yet, it seems like based on what they did with Michigan and Penn State, excuse me, Michigan and Rutgers here last week, Wisconsin's going to fly out Tuesday, play at Maryland Wednesday, spend the night in in College Park in the D.C. area, then fly to State College and then spend Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday in State College for their Saturday afternoon game. So this is going to be another long road trip. It's going to be another important road trip for Wisconsin as they approach the midway point. Can't fall too many games behind Michigan, which who is playing very well right now. Michigan just got a big win by dismantling Purdue 
Wisconsin and Michigan come up here on Valentine's Day, and then Wisconsin Iowa uh, will be coming up uh, not long after that too. And then Wisconsin Illinois is coming up. So Wisconsin has some big games here against some of the top teams in the Big Ten, but those games will lack significance if Wisconsin can't figure out a way to get back in rhythm on those nights where they start the game out of rhythm defensively. I'm getting the stink eye here from the usher at the Cole Center wanting to wrap things up, so I must wrap things up here on the podcast. For all the latest on Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting, log on to badgerblitz.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheBadgerNation. We will talk to you again next week after Wisconsin-Maryland, recapping that game and previewing Wisconsin-Penn State Part 1 here on the badgerblitz.com podcast.